Hey guys. Hi. Welcome, Welcome to Boss Bitch Podcast. Boss Bitch Podcast. I'm Lindsay Harbert. And I'm Rebecca Lee. And today we sat down with the lovely, talented Vera Santa Maria. Mm-hmm. She was wonderful. She has worked on such shows as Degrassi. Yes. Don't freak out. Degrassi. Community, Outsourced, Plain House, House. Bojack Horseman. That's right. She's a writer, producer, and just an all-around lovely lady. Really great. Yeah. Really sweet Canadian lady in our midst. Hi, Vera. Hi, guys. Hello. Thank you so much for coming. Yeah, thank you for, for having me us. and thinking I'm a boss bitch. You yeah, are a you boss are. bitch. There's no thinking right, about right, it. Right, right, right. It just yeah. is. It just is. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you want to start at the beginning? What was your time in the womb like? Mm-hmm. Oh, Pre-womb. My mom said she was happy. That's good. Uh-huh. I don't know what I can say about my brother and sister, but she said it was a uh-huh. happy time. Where do you fall in the line of siblings? I'm the youngest. Nice. Yeah. So awesome. two girls and a boy? No, uh, my sister and then my brother and then me. Awesome. Yeah. Very cool. cool. Very cool. Um, what's your What's your relationship with your family like? you guys tight? Yeah. Too tight. Like... It's, it's like hindering creepy tight, like <laughs> not like kiss on the lips tight but right. just more That's like good. thank you for making that line though. yeah that is the line and we we never say we love each other or like hug too much but uh-huh. we're just tight like know what's going on and run every decision that's both mostly me being like, mm-hmm. hey, what should I do with, how should I? Right. Yeah. How should I live my life? How should I live? Mm-hmm. I have to make a decision. Can you guys get on the phone? Help. Can you help me with this? <laughs> yeah. Um, do you ever find, because like, I have to be really diplomatic with what I say to my mother. Because mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. other day I mentioned like, oh, I got a new gynecologist because Josh, my husband and I like, you know, we're thinking in the next couple years, maybe it'll be the right time for a baby, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Talked to my dad a couple days later and he goes, so I hear you're going to have a baby in a year. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, oh, I knew it was going to mm-hmm. translate to that. Wow, but no, it's a real pressure filled game of telephone there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so do you ever feel like when you ask for life advice, does it ever get like... I don't know how meddling are your like is your family because I feel like my family is just like all up in that biz all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a good question. I think what's basically happened is that my brother and my sister have become my like modern parents. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Not that they want to, but just because <laughs> I ask them all the things you would ask. And my parents are sort of like the old school parents, so. It's sort of my sister and my brother don't really meddle. They're just like, yeah, you know, they're sort of like, yeah, life happens. And whereas my, especially my mother is very like, just constantly like, you'll just say I have a hip pain and then she'll call. Like, she'll be like, mm-hmm. it's constantly like Dr. Oz says. Like, I get a <laughs> recap of like mm-hmm. Dr. Oz says. Wow. <laughs> at first I was just like, oh, your mom's a doctor? No, 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 not no. at all. But she watches one on TV. <laughs> she, uh-huh. she thinks she is because she watches is. Dr. Oz yeah. say, eat spirulina. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of spirulina. Yeah. <laughs> um, what do yeah. your parents do? My parents are teachers. Oh, nice. Yeah. So my dad taught elementary school and my mother taught sort of a mixture of like special ed and ESL. Wow. And she taught it to adults. She taught it to kids. Cool. She did like um, like two jobs kind of growing up. Wow. Yeah. She's like the winner of The, the Bachelor. Spoiler alert. <laughs> oh, yeah. A, like, yes. Like that's Vanessa. right. Canadian? 
She yes. is Canadian. She's from yeah. Montreal. I know. We'll, talk, we'll get into that, too. Yeah. <laughs> we really take care of our newcomers. What can I say? That's amazing. <laughs> it's first of many boasts about being Canadian. Yes. Uh, I feel like <laughs> at least number two has to be Justin Trudeau. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that oh butt. God. Oh, my God. That butt. <laughs> Lindsay did show me a picture of his butt. And I was like, go, oh, that's a good yeah, butt. Yeah, you zoom in on that butt. <laughs> yeah. You don't not do that. No. How, how do Canadians feel about Justin Trudeau? I think they are like my parents, for example, have a huge reverence for his father because he's the reason my parents were let in as immigrants. Mm-hmm. He had a really like generous immigration policy. Um, so they like look at Justin Trudeau like like just happy it's him there. They mm-hmm. like his policies. But he really did come out of nowhere sort of thing. So oh, really? It, yeah. Like I feel like we knew that that was his son, but like it wasn't really the person I would naturally think was going to be the next prime minister of Canada and at mm-hmm. so young. Yeah. But I think generally we're just like, yeah, that's cool. But you know, there are mixed feelings of like, is he qualified that those still feelings, mm-hmm. but generally I think it's a like, especially from people like my parents and Canada's field had a huge influx of immigration in the seventies and the eighties. And mm-hmm. that's because of his father's policies. So mm-hmm. there is a really warm feeling around him. That's, oh, that's, that's awesome. so mm-hmm. uh, like the U S it's yeah, right. into <laughs> how we uh, do things right now. Right. So, uh, yeah. It's like, look at us as friends. <laughs> it is interesting. I spent a little bit of time in Vancouver. Yeah. Like a million years ago. Um, and I remember seeing a commercial that was basically advertising immigration and how like accepted and wonderful it is there. And I was like, wow, this is a very stark contrast. Yeah. yeah. And really cool. Like, yeah. Do you guys want the Statue of Liberty, you think? <laughs> like yeah. the actual statue? Yeah, do you want us to like give it to you? <laughs> yeah. What do you need from us? Just like, I don't know. Do you would, want like yeah, some sure. orange I'm sure we take it. I'm sure we take it. <laughs> yeah, I think it's also, it's so vast that sometimes they'll say, come to Canada, but mm-hmm. you have to go to north of Edmonton. Oh. You know, so that's sort of the, the trick. Yeah, you have a little to go so remote. You have to build your own cabin. Yes. Way north. Come to Canada, but then uh-huh. we, we want you to populate <laughs> yeah. really far away. Like it's my parents be, had to yeah. move to like a mining town. Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, and then like after about five years, my mother was like, it's too damn cold. Yeah. We need mm-hmm. to move to a warmer place, which was Toronto, which is more still, warm. Still very still cold, cold, but more yes. warm. <laughs> oh, man. What I, was it? Oh, go ahead. Oh, no, I was just going to say I'm going to be in Toronto. I'd love to ask you for some recs. Sure. Awesome. Yeah. And I feel like there's such a, and we'll get to your, your TV writing work, but I feel like there's such a big community of TV writers that come in from Toronto and they're, they seem very tight and they're super nice. So yeah, like we come here and we find each other. Mm-hmm. Like most of my friends, I've made some great American friends, but sort of the Canadians, there is a big cultural adjustment. I know mm-hmm. it's, it's hard to believe, but you're just like, it's just different a little mm-hmm. bit culturally and mm-hmm. you have to like find your parallel way. universe. It's like similar enough, but you're like, but also this, Yeah, what is this? Totally. Mm-hmm. So yeah. What was the biggest like culture shock when you came down here? Um, I think that people are more aggressive here and it's Mm -hmm. not um, an impolite thing. It's just to the point. Mm -hmm. So especially when you're in a room, you can't wait for your time to talk. It won't come. So you have to be really um, aggressive and speak out. So that was like a really tricky thing because you would just be that do that polite dance, Mm -hmm. but never find a way in. Um, And your job is to talk. So (laughs) that was a big learning curve for me. How did, so, so like when you were growing up, did you know that TV writing was going to be your bag? Did you know that that was the thing that you wanted to do? I didn't. I 
honestly, I didn't even dream that big. It felt like Mm -hmm. I knew I loved watching TV. I watched way too much TV, Mm -hmm. but the bridges to working in TV felt impossible. And they really did up until I moved here. And Mm -hmm. even then it felt kind of hard because you're, you know, when you're like a kid in a suburb, you're just like, I didn't know what the jobs were or whatever. So I'm, I'm sort of amazed that it even like turned into this Mm -hmm. were you were you doing it in Canada before you came yeah so I um I went to school for radio and television Mm -hmm. um and then I worked there for five years and then after five years I was like I sort of saw a way of like oh maybe I could try I was just really gonna see if I could make an inroad here and and I've been here since awesome very cool and so a couple questions your parent where did your parents immigrate from India India Mm -hmm. and were they supportive of you like kind of moving through even like radio and television or the support of the arts no no not at all (laughs) not at all they they like the the pinnacle for them is security Mm -hmm. so steady work that you can count on. And I'm basically in the opposite industry. Mm-hmm. Um, and so my first sort of, they were constantly hoping I would be a teacher because that is like a, a, a secure, really good job in Canada. They were hoping I would be good at math or science, like all those sort mm-hmm. of stereotypical things. And I did try, but I, I think the proof was in the pudding. Like I really struggled in those areas, unfortunately. Um, but what I did really well was projects where you make a board game you know mm-hmm. like just oh like God, that sort yeah. of creative stuff I also mm-hmm. made a board game it, yeah I did it for like the Maltese Falcon I made like a board like one teacher was like you could write an essay or oh you could make a board game and I was like <laughs> oh. yeah I'll do that I did one on the Mayans it was called <laughs> Mayanopoly <laughs> oh, that's good. That's, that's really good. Thanks. As I'm just saying, like horrible at math. Yeah, it's just like I was I'll like, spend all night making a board game. Totally. Like, mm-hmm. give me a diorama. I will just like curate <laughs> oh. it. You know, that was just where it went. So after a while, I think it was like the biggest thing was when I was like, oh, I'm going to go to school for a bachelor of applied arts, mm-hmm. and they're just like, oh, oh god, god. <laughs> god, we have more of these. Yeah, <laughs> and it was only when I first moved here and I worked on Outsource was my first job here. Mm-hmm. Oh, and that's right. She knows Parvesh. Oh, oh yes. Such a nice oh my guy. goodness. I haven't seen him in a while. But yeah, when they came down here, I, they came to the set and I felt like that was the moment where they're like, all right. Because there was like <laughs> a full train set. Like mm-hmm. there was a uh, a Mumbai train set wow. on that show and they oh came down God. and they're like whoa this is just this like is, where we're yeah. from <laughs> like, I was like, like see it. it's gonna work I'm Maybe. working yeah. <laughs> so so yeah they weren't supportive but they've really come a long way and I have to give them a lot of credit and I don't blame them either mm-hmm. you know it's just like yeah security is a good thing Absolutely. steady jobs are a good thing um and they're, they're like, the worst thing is that um, my mother's like now really is like starting to like learn the lingo. So oh. I was going out to pitch something nice. and she like just desperate, like trying to understand. And then she's like, so you go in and then you tell them your idea. And she's like, is it a bunch of people? I was like, yeah, there'll be a bunch of people there. She's like, oh, so is it like Shark Tank? And I was like, yeah, it is. <laughs> you got it. It is a lot yeah, like, Shark, like Tank. Shark Tank. He's <laughs> basically like, yeah. good evening. And then you're just like, she's like, oh, okay. So then she started to like follow up and sort of get it. But it is a complicated thing. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And just like having a parent or parents that are willing to try 
to get it's it. It's really cute. It is. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. our industry is so strange. I yeah. barely understand it I myself. D- I know. Yeah. <laughs> Every day I'm like, oh, that's how that works? Yeah. yeah. That seems kind of <laughs> counterintuitive. <laughs> Everyone just pretends like they know what they're doing. Yeah. yeah. Oh, they're like, go. oh, they're going to do it that way? That's how you mm-hmm. find out the news? Oh, okay. That seems harsh. <laughs> Interesting. <Yeah. laughs> oh what was your immigration process like? It was... I guess it was easier than like most, but what I did was I had worked in Toronto for five years and then I was like, let me just see if this works out. And Mm -hmm. I came down, um, with a pilot that I had worked on and I, my Canadian manager knew an agent here Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and many agents and he sent it around and the agent that responded to it most signed me. And then Mm -hmm. it was like, okay cool so now I'm gonna try he's like okay I'm gonna staff you and he like I felt feel really lucky he was like yeah we're gonna do this and I was like okay like I just again didn't have that much faith that it would work out because it feels really impossible from another country just to be mm-hmm. like, so I ended up getting a job on outsourced and then I got a visa through that process once you have the job it's easier to get the visa and then from after that point I was like I better get a green card (laughs) soon so I did that really quickly after um and again all that stuff is like fingers crossed I hope this works Mm -hmm. and so you're just you wait you go to meetings and like I had to fly to Montreal to do a meeting with someone to like Mm -hmm. show them that you know that you're you have to be like you have to have exceptional ability is what they're what they call it so you have to really prove that you are exceptional which for canadians is always they're just like we're we're not that great it's like like, we're all right but then you have to go there and be like well i'm a Uh self-starter blah 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 yeah yeah so did you work in tv when you were in canada before Mm -hmm. you moved over and did you have from the other canadian writers that i know everyone has like the same agent i feel like there does he have a ponytail yes okay i forget his name but i remember that glenn Glenn, yes it's very long he has a long ponytail which he gets teased about and yeah but he's great at what he he does rock a pony yeah Yeah. it's a bold choice yeah and i respect his confidence and he's got luscious curls so i think that's also makes it like more noticeable yeah Mm -hmm. a real michael bolton situation better than michael bolton good yeah it's like a a dare i say like like spirals so is he the canadian agent or he's the agent here in the states he's the canadian agent got it Mm -hmm. um so do you ever go well yeah, do you ever kind of go back and forth? Are you still able to go to Canada and work on shows or? They make it really difficult. Okay. Yeah, it's just administratively and tax wise. So I just try to work here yeah. when I can because mm-hmm. it's come April, you're just like, oh God, this is <laughs> tax time is really complicated. It's the worst, yeah. yeah. Oh, um, so Outsource was your first staff job here. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, being in the States and, and weathering the cultural changes, was it even more amplified in the room or did you feel more at home? No, it was really amplified in the room. Yeah. Um, because you're basically outsourced was a room of like, I think it was 17 people. Wow. Mm-hmm. There were two rooms going at the same time. Um, and I was like fresh, like mm-hmm. I just got here weeks ago. And, you know, there's after a while, there's like um when you're working in a room, there's a rhythm and routine, but all of that was new to me. So I think it was like amplified. Um, and I tried to find my way, but that show, it was, it's just challenging when you have that many voices mm-hmm, and yeah. it was, um, a high stakes show. Like it was NBC put like a lot of money into 
like making it happen. And I'm, I'm really proud to have worked on it, but it, it did amplify those things of yeah. like, wow, you've got to really come to play. You have to speak out, you have to speak over, mm-hmm. um, and really you have to be prepared and have your pitches and know the material. It was just, it was an intense experience. I bet. Yeah. Very cool. Um, so were you, were you at a staff level when you came to Outsourced or did it translate? I got from like your... somewhere like slightly above staff okay. writer. I can't remember what the title was, but like, yeah, like two levels into it or something like, like that. Like story editor or something? Yeah. Whereas I... in Canada, I had just been an executive producer of a show. Oh, wow. wow. Yeah, so it was, was like a, very, a tiny yeah. kids show, but we'd done but 52 episodes. Yeah, and so sort of that's just the sort of translation. I mm-hmm. And I, I'm fine with that because it, it was a big learning curve. I think had I been at any higher level, mm-hmm. it would have... Re- you just really have to perform. When you're playing at that title level, you have to be able to come to play. And so I think it was a bit of a gift to be like, okay, you're not getting the, the exchange mm-hmm. rate, but that's fine. Right. Yeah. yeah. You yeah. don't have to start at EP level and yeah. then be like, yeah. oh, oh, I have to scream over people oh. in order yeah. to be heard. Yeah. Yeah. That's it's so tricky to navigate. Mm-hmm. Um, so what followed Outsourced after? After Outsourced, I did Community. Mm-hmm. And then I did Up All Night. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And then I went to Playing House and BoJack, and I've been going back and forth between those for yeah. a few seasons. Awesome. Yeah. Um, so what was uh, what, what was it like moving from show to show? Obviously, you've moved up in levels. Mm-hmm. And like, what, what's the, been your process in kind of figuring out how to navigate rooms and, and, you know, work as both, you know, work as a woman, um, and as now you're a higher level person. So how have, how have you kind of, it was really tricky. I, I will say like, cause you, <coughs> each show comes with a different culture, mm-hmm. um, and it's slightly different and you really have to like find yourself in that loop really quickly. So I feel like, you know, community was a show that had been on the air for two seasons, mm-hmm. um, so you're like knowing all those episodes, uh, knowing that working on a network show, there's you there's a lot of inf- like a lot of influence, a lot of different factors that you may never even get wind of as mm-hmm. a writer who's just coming in. Mm-hmm. So you have to and get used to like which pitches land, which ones are no go areas, um, which which actors are you writing to? Which ones are you trying to take care of? Mm-hmm. You know, cause you can, if you don't have that past information, which you can't because you weren't there, right. it can and be, nobody's really tasked with the job of like, okay, we're going to fill you in on everything. Now. Yeah. You have to constantly like read the room mm-hmm. um, and you can read the room and then you have to respond with your pitches kind of working around what isn't flying, what is going, yeah. but each show had such a different culture that I was like, you know, you're trying to really find your way. Absolutely like Mm -hmm. to mix results like sometimes it was good and sometimes you're just like oh I'm really finding it hard you know you're really trying to find the rhythm of absolutely mm -hmm. each different room and the the stakes are there too because those all three shows you're just not sure are they gonna everyone's like are we gonna live are we gonna be canceled Mm -hmm. and that's a really tricky environment to make comedy in because you're just like trying to make a lot of people happy and you're inside Mm -hmm. a pressure cooker and you're inside a pressure cooker but you're just literally like I wonder if we're going to have jobs. Yeah. Yeah. So it's really interesting. The pressure on those shows, it's really hard to prepare for. Mm -hmm. Because you could literally have three episodes of a season air and then come in the next day and find out. Yeah. There's no more job. Yeah. That's exactly what your parents wanted for you. I know, I know. I was yeah, like, they're like, and great. they're like, how is it going? Oh, great. I was like, That's it's good. Fine. Everything's great. I don't know. Yes. Yes. I'm <laughs> eating 
cold soup out of a can. Yeah. No. The numbers are in. And they're like, uh-huh. what numbers? It's like, so. You don't even know. <laughs> no, I don't know. I'm just repeating what other people say. <laughs> um, I've heard inklings that the, the hours on Modern Family, or not Modern Family, I'm sorry, on um, Community are were insane, right? They, yeah, mm-hmm. they were as insane as you've heard. Like, there were... Many, many, many all nights. Um, And not everyone would stay for the all nights. um, But you sort of wanted to because you felt really valued if you were, Uh you know. Mm -hmm. So it's like a very interesting dynamic there. That's hard. That's really... Mm -hmm. I hate... I mean... I've heard that too about mm-hmm. community, but just the, the incentivizing working for less money or free to like be accepted. Um, yeah. And, it, and no, I don't think anyone even thought of like money or working for free. You're really just like, you want to be a key player. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, sort of staying all night meant that you were a key player. So mm-hmm. it was like very interesting, but you know, the show like Dan is really, really funny and it was Mm-hmm. say just his process mm-hmm. and you're trying to be valuable to your showrunner that's what you're trying to do on every single show yeah so did you stay late did you I here and there but not that much mm-hmm. you know I don't know if I was I never felt like a key player there mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and sometimes I feel like with shows you you know almost immediately like where you're falling Mm-hmm. And it's kind of sometimes out of your control. Yeah. So it's just like, you know, instead of killing myself to try to shift things, mm-hmm. I'm just going to stay in my spot and stay mm-hmm. in my lane and see what's going to happen. I should have done that. I feel like it was like death by trying to, because you're just like, well, I want to figure this out. Right. You know, you really yeah. feel like you want to be just like a great hire for them. But it's just like, sometimes you're like, it's like a moving hoop. Yeah. And you're just like, okay. I don't know if I'll be able to, but I'm really going to try. It's all you can Absolutely. do. Yeah. And yeah. as human beings, it's like all we all want is just to be like love and accepted. <laughs> yeah. You know? And you, you know, you want, you want that from your boss and you want them to be happy. It's like they're a showrunner is like a weird parent after totally. a while. That parent thing comes through really strongly, but mm-hmm. you just have to shift it back to like, like, can you live with yourself post show knowing like you did what you could? And absolutely. I feel pretty good about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what are some of your favorite experiences working in TV? Really these, um, on all these shows, I will say I've made like lifelong friends. Mm-hmm. So as tricky as they were be- being in that network cycle, the camaraderie when you have like a really, like a room becomes like a, just like you have the showrunner could be your parent, mm-hmm. the room becomes your siblings. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we tease each other, you go through life together, people get married, divorced, engaged. So it's like, there's a really lovely thing. So th- on all of these shows, I've left with people that I still call on, rely upon, and become friends. And then these last two shows that I've been going back and forth with, I really feel like I found my place. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was like playing house when I met Jessica and Lennon, they were just like, there was, they didn't know me from anyone. I think they usually hire people that they mm-hmm. um, are from the UCB world. So I mm-hmm. was like, but I read their script and I had watched BFF and I was like, these are my people like mm-hmm. that instant mm-hmm. recognition. Um, so that was a really lovely experience. Cause I also started to wonder if all TV shows were going to be this high stakes. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, which is, it's like a long time to be running at that level. Mm-hmm. Um, and these shows just felt like, no, we're just going to make something good. Mm-hmm. And, and same with Bojack is run, run by Raphael Bob Waxberg. And he is like one of the nicest humans you will meet. And he really makes sure to make everyone feel heard and welcomed and wants the diversity of opinion. And it's very, 
um, a super respectful environment. So I really lucked out with these. I lucked out or also I'm happy I landed there. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And I feel like having worked in some rooms that were run by some more old school people that came from like the old network world of multicam and everything. I feel like there used to be more like the TV industry kind of felt mean like it kind of encouraged people being mean and judgmental. But I do think with like having worked on Playing House with you, like walking into that room and realizing that people are supportive and nice and not trying to cut you down. I do think it's an era of TV that's starting to become more prevalent, which is I really think nice so. to see. Like, yeah. I think even three years ago, it, I, the, the culture was different. It's really changed in the last few years to be like, there's, I feel like there's more checks and balances. I really felt there was an environment of like, well, if you want to play in the big leagues, you just have to like, you keep your mouth shut if mm-hmm. you want this job. Um, and now I feel like, no, you know what? You have other people. And as a, like an upper level woman in a room, I try to make sure that that environment is there, mm-hmm. that, you know, mm-hmm. the women are given a space to speak. Or if you start an idea, you get to finish your idea. And just, Absolutely. that's what I feel like my job is because it's, it's so helpful. Mm-hmm. You yeah. are one of the first women that I've worked with in a room and obviously not taking anything <laughs> away from Jessica and Lennon. They were just out writing most of the time. Right. Um, but I just remember one of the first days when I was like, finally like, okay, I'm going to pitch something. Mm-hmm. And I think I got cut off and you looked at me and you're like, what were you saying? And I was like, oh, that's the nicest Aww. thing anybody's ever done for me. Oh, that's I didn't, I don't remember that, but I'm really, you're such a supportive, just, just like, are person in the room and it's it was really such a joy thank you for Mm -hmm. saying that i really i i also like that's a credit too because i was just like i bet she has something really good to say and we need (laughs) all the help we can get you know (laughs) like every episode is just like you're just like trying to fashion something together so um a lot of that is just a credit like i would want that for everyone and Mm -hmm. i really it's really annoying to be cut off um yeah and now i'm seeing it more as like I would say it is a bit of a microaggression. It's just like, well, no, everyone deserves a space. Mm-hmm. You can say your idea. We may not use it, but it allows people to build. And so many times that half of an idea becomes your first act, you yeah, know, which yeah, is really valuable. Yeah. Was there ever a time where you were just like, so many white dudes? <laughs> like, I just even have to be TV where you're just like, enough with the white dudes. That's a good question. Um, no, because if I'm being honest, my the staffs I worked on in Canada were honestly often three people on 26 episodes of mm-hmm. Degrassi. Like, so you don't even oh, like... Oh, yeah, Degrassi. Yeah, we can talk all about... I mean, later, because we'll I got sidebar. a lot of questions. Um, <laughs> but like, later. so you don't even... Like, the Canadian shows really make an effort just to reflect, I felt like, especially Degrassi's notorious mm-hmm. friends, diversity. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> but so you didn't end up feeling like... It wasn't representing like my experience because it's certainly on screen. They really were trying. Mm -hmm. And then here, all the shows I worked on, like outsourced, they really, we had like a pretty good, pretty Mm -hmm. good diversity. Um, And no, like I, I never felt it because it's weird to say, but the, the men in the room I've worked with have been supportive. Mm -hmm. So there wasn't a need to, like, I wasn't. I didn't care. I just was like, my whole goal was just trying to be heard and make sure my ideas were heard and participating. So I haven't really had that much bandwidth to be like, 
to put a target on them or anything Mm -hmm. and not to say I I see it in a broader sense. And sometimes I'll be in a place where you're, you know, with certain friends, just like, God, you know, this is really, this is a sausage fest. It's hard to deal with, but (laughs) like more for some reason, I just move through keeping my eye on the goal. And I always think like, aside from looking at them, it's like by me doing good work, Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm will be the most political thing I can do and make the most sort of statement of like, yeah, just, I don't know anybody here. Right. <laughs> um, I'm not from here. I'm like an immigrant. I'm, a, I'm just like, if I can do good work, that will be, that will speak for itself. Yeah. Um, because yeah, absolutely. I will say a lot of the white males I've worked with, you have been very supportive and they're aware and they're trying to do their best. Mm-hmm. And they're, they're the ones who flag like, flagellate themselves and be like mm-hmm. oh god I'm just a white guy you're just like okay all right like let's just we're all trying our best yeah, here yeah. And, and if you're not I will call you out on it but for the most part they've just been like they feel bad for being white guys yeah and you're just like yeah yeah I sucks, can't man. help you but yeah. I'll well, try to guide you if you're saying something that I think is um oppresses anyone else's voice in the room mm-hmm. sort of thing mm-hmm. but that, I try to lead that way yeah I think that's a really positive, yeah, positive way to go about it. And I feel like if we were interviewing someone 20 years ago, the answer would be so different. Mm -hmm. Like I, it's like you said, it's really changing, I think. And I think people are becoming more aware, you know, it's like a lot, a lot of the times kind of an imperfect aware, but very aware very quickly and like what they can do to help. Yeah. Um, and I hope that extends more um, to other parts of the industry too. Yeah, and especially in Los Angeles, I do mm-hmm. think it's like a very, we're a lot of liberal-minded people just tr- trying to do good, and mm-hmm. they might need mm-hmm. guidance along the way. And you try to be that person and keep the dialogue going. Also, don't want to shut anyone down because I think sometimes they're like they're trying to do the right thing, but right. don't they just don't know what that mm-hmm. is. Don't know what that is. Yeah. Um, well, even I, I moved here 10 years ago and started um, doing improv. And I feel like even in the span mm-hmm. of 10 years, things have changed tremendously. Because when I first moved here, people were still just like, oh, no, really, girls are not funny. Mm-hmm. Like that was still yeah. a legitimate oh, yeah. thing that people were saying and <sighs> meaning mm-hmm. and not even thinking about it in terms of just like, well, no, there are some girls like, yeah. <laughs> you know, they're just oh like, this is just the truth. Yeah. And to to think that that was only 10 years ago and how far yeah. we've come from that it's it's only going to you know hopefully continue to build and and get yeah. better for Truly everybody like, across the board like from the time i've moved here to now i i can see the strides it's been really like more quickly than i thought you know i think people want to hire women because they bring a different they just it's nice to have that balance in mm-hmm, the room mm-hmm. i think and it's not doesn't feel like tokenism as much anymore. At least I've been lucky in the rooms I've right. been. It just feels yeah. like, no, you probably have jokes that are way different. And mm-hmm. I want, I need those jokes totally. sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. Seeing the value in, of a different perspective, whether yeah. it be from a woman or a person of color mm-hmm. or, you know, yeah, pretty much a disabled person. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The status quo. Yeah. Um, it's just really great. So, um, well, oh. what do you, so when you're not writing for TV oh. and conquering the industry, is that, oh God, <laughs> cut that out. Um, <laughs> no, it's going to stay <laughs> on loop. Um, exactly. What do you, what do you like to do? What is your passion oh, outside of it? That's a really good question. I, 
if I'm being totally honest, I feel since I moved here, because it was such a big leap for me personally, it's really been like just trying to keep that part going. Yeah. Um, and I will, I think that my personal life, you know, has suffered because you're just like, you get home from a room and you're basically, it feels like sometimes being at a dinner party for eight hours. Absolutely. So that's a great way to describe it. Yeah. yeah. It's really because you're just like you're encouraging people and you're hearing and you're listening and you're doing all the stuff that when I get home, I, I can feel as sort of a shyer person. I do feel just sort of like depleted. Yeah. Um, but when I get a chance, I, I have like a lovely network of friends here. I do all those stereotypical like L.A. things like I love hiking or I'll like try to find a weird like club or something like that. Mm-hmm. Just sort of like new city kind of stuff that I still feel like I'm doing mm-hmm. six years in trying to make that part of my life more balanced to the work part. But I have to say the work part of the pie chart has been mm-hmm. pretty big. Yeah. 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 It makes sense. It is. It's such an intense experience. And total and as an introvert, like being in a room, you leave and you're like, oh, yeah. Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> yeah. I feel the same way. I'm mm-hmm. just like I'm I'm be I'm good at being an extrovert and I do love being in a room, but it it is challenging when it's like, you. yeah, you mm-hmm. need energy for that. And everyone's constantly looking at each other's faces and mm-hmm. anything you do, they're just like, well, you hated that idea. It's like, well, no, I just rested That's my just face. My face. <laughs> I just needed to rest for a second. But I like that idea. <laughs> so... Yeah, well, that's a long way of saying like no real life, but I'm working on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Here, yeah. Yeah. Here, so if you weren't a TV writer, what would you be doing, you think? Oh, I love um, art, like mm-hmm. anything in the production design. Um, I feel like I would if they gave me like a funny sign to make for mm-hmm. a cafeteria, like <laughs> I would be that graphic designer. Um I love all that stuff. Like I'll be always the one taking pictures of like the details that mm-hmm. the artists put in the background, whether it's like Bojack or playing house sort of thing. I feel like I can really, sometimes when I'm in that art department, I'm just like, yeah, just look at swatches all day. Yeah. And just like make a funny sign and yeah. hope someone notices the little details. Absolutely. Yeah. I feel like that's what I would love to do. Mm-hmm. Or even sometimes when I see an AD and they get to like, organize the day of what's going to be the most efficient way to shoot this Mm -hmm. and how they corral people. There's something really appealing about that too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. They certainly feel like the captain of a ship. Yeah. And they're like, well, you got to shoot these together because we're going to, and I'm just like that, that satisfies a really good place in my heart. (laughs) That efficiency feels good. I feel like you have a very organized pantry at home. Like (laughs) just hearing like, it's like, I really love a very organized day. I feel like I would open it up and you would just have like lovely jars of things. Just. I do. Like I've, I went through like a Marie Kondo period last Yay. year. But then like when it comes to life, when life gets in the way, your Marie Kondoing goes way off. Way so right now I have like, like labels of like, almonds but then there's also like squirreled away like snap peas with just like a chip clip you know and you're just like I, that's the two parts of my personality like mm-hmm. working me is just like ah, i need like dried mango and it's all like yes. trader joe's uh-huh. snacks nightmare and then the other part is like as we say like bird bones from playing house mm-hmm. just like everything neatly organized absolutely oh, oh that mango at trader joe's it's mm-hmm. just so dangerous i don't know what it is it makes you feel like you're in a tropical place yeah. like, oh, is that the one with the chili on it or is it no the one? never it's the just, chili no, okay, just just i bought up. that once as a 
uh, writer's assistant on a show and I, I got so much shit for it. Yeah, like, you should have. Like, yeah, yeah. You are garbage. <laughs> <laughs> you are hanging out by a thread here. Get that mango out of here. Your name just became Chili Mango. Nobody <laughs> called you Rebecca anymore. No, they wouldn't even talk to me. They're like, Chili Mango over here. <laughs> Somebody tell Chili Mango her face looks weird right now. Mm. Yeah, just stick like, to the basics. You. Like, make sure there's tons of nuts. That's yes. all. I know. Just like constantly. That was the key. And some chocolate. Some yeah. like 3 p.m. chocolates. 3 p.m. chocolates. Right? Mm-hmm. Just fucking get people through. <laughs> yeah, I had to I had to stop keeping that in my house because I would literally sit down and watch murder shows and mm-hmm. eat an entire thing of dried mango. <laughs> and then the next day I'd be like, I have terrible gas. <laughs> and my husband's just like, Well, you ate an entire entire bag of dried that's no. like three mangoes. Yeah. Like you so ate three mangoes, mangoes last night. That's too many for one thing. <laughs> um so if you were to have your like your most dreamed perfect like retirement life. Oh. What what would it look like? Like no 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 monetary, no nothing like obstacles. What would it be? I think it would be like um I would I still want to write like I can't imagine I just get so much like there's a bit of joy and you're just like, I would love to like write movies, but like live abroad and Mm -hmm. then like come back to shoot them. I guess Mm -hmm. what I'm saying is Nancy Myers. I don't know where she lives, but like anywhere she wants, anywhere she wants and she does it well. And I'm sure she lives in style, but like that to me would be a lovely like retirement where you get to write movies and you don't necessarily have to be in LA the full, full time. Mm -hmm. And you still get to shoot them and be considered like a, a voice. Mm-hmm. I think that would be like the dream retirement. Like, I, I mean, all of this is influenced by I watched Under the Tuscan Sun for the first time uh-huh. last week. <laughs> and suddenly everything's just like, yeah, I could have that. Yeah. Yes. It's, re- it's a really good movie. And it has a very um, progressive way of looking at a woman's life for a movie that's made like 20, almost mm-hmm. like 20 years ago, I think. Mm-hmm. But she's just sort of like, she wants her life to happen in a certain way. It doesn't happen, but she gets it in a, in a different way. Mm-hmm. And I, I was just like, yeah, there's something to that. We're so often be like, yeah, it has to, the, the dots have to connect right. this way. Um, but yeah, just sort of that life where you still get to write and yet you still get to like live life in a community and, and feel like vibrant. That would be like my retirement. And I'd, I'd love to also like have a production company where you can help other people with totally. their voices like mm-hmm. that would be cool where you can shepherd someone else's project through i think that's that would be really cool yeah, yeah. that's huge like helping mm-hmm. other people i think when you get to a certain level and you're able to do that yeah like, that is success like Definitely. i was really helped in the beginning like mm-hmm. two producers in canada like read my work and they definitely like mentored me and, and i've never forgotten that i would love to be able to do that mm-hmm. you know as well that's but. great you will. Yeah. Hope so. It's happening. Mm-hmm. It's no. all happening. Don't forget us. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, well, before I forget, though, can we just circle back to Degrassi yes. for one second? And I just want to know, Just I, I'm just going to pick one question right now. Okay. Um, and then I'm going to do one question, too. Okay, and then great. it'll be good. Okay. <laughs> good. Who is your favorite Degrassi character? Um, it could be to write for or just as a human. Oh, you know, there in the season I worked in, I think it was like six or seven. Mm-hmm. I wrote a lot of the Jimmy Spinner bromance episodes. Oh, God, yes. And then they started to give them to me because I really, for some reason, I have a lot of great male friends. Mm-hmm. And and 
I loved writing for them because there is a lightness to male friendship that is still Mm -hmm. quietly supportive. Like they'll never tell you what they were talking about, but Mm -hmm. there is an unspoken bond. So Mm -hmm. I had a lot of fun writing for them and getting to do like their dynamic. Mm -hmm. They were my favorite to write for. Oh my God. Also, I think Cassie Steele lives pretty close to you. (laughs) Lives close to me? I think she lives in Hollywood. Really? Um, I loved Cat. I thought she was like such a fun character and I'm, I'm constantly checking, checking her Instagram just to see like what she's up to. She's very in love with her boyfriend. I just, she also is in the improv (laughs) community. I, again, uh, yeah. She was a real talent. Like I, yeah, I fully like charismatic. She and like Nina Dobrev, I was like, mm-hmm. they, uh, there's something really. Oh, yeah. And I honestly like Nina Dobrev, they didn't give her, uh, I feel like she could have done a lot more and she eventually did, but I feel yeah. like she was very put upon. Cause well, once you have that kid, like mm-hmm. it's very interesting, like storylines sort of change. Mm-hmm. Like it, it can be tricky. You're trying to support all these different characters. I, lot, I can yeah. see that you might not get as much as you mm-hmm. deserve or you want or. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh God, I love Degrassi. Um, <laughs> I, I didn't see after a certain season, but I can't remember what season I moved out here and didn't have a TV for a long time. Um, but is it true that Drake, the Drake's character, got a got a stem cell like transplant so he could get out of the wheelchair in one of my episodes? Really? Oh, yes. Uh, yes, uh, yes, uh, yes, yes, yes. Everything is coming together. Yes. Oh yes. So what happened with that was. Basically, you know, the episodes are pretty researched Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. we had met someone, I think his name was Marcus, who had gone to somewhere in the Netherlands to get this surgery. And so I was in conversation a lot and it's really quite interesting stem cells because people are we're having, I haven't followed up on it since, but just like really miraculous results. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, Jimmy slash Aubrey slash Drake had been in the wheelchair for like many, many seasons and so we were just trying to maybe like show a window into possibilities and mm-hmm. yeah he did and we didn't really put a fine point on and then jimmy walked right mm-hmm. we didn't say that because we mm-hmm. said it was like a process but in my heart i am hoping that he is like walking somewhere just yeah. skipping around apart. yeah oh man playing basketball with his boys yeah. <laughs> <laughs> love that show oh it's really interesting because i feel like i meet more americans mm-hmm. who, oh yeah who are really affected by degrassi than i do canadians interesting well it was on the end i remember watching it as a kid and like I don't know there's just something about it where it really spoke to this cross-section of us growing up what was it though why um I think it was everyone looked like a kid which Mm. I think the shows in America that were like that everyone kind of looked like an adult or like right you know they felt very adult like 90210 didn't feel like my peers no um and Degrassi everyone was a kid and yeah. they looked like kids and they were awkward like us like yeah and that was really compelling oh, that's really no one's ever given me that answer yeah. before so that's really interesting because yeah. Linda Schuyler really did like she made sure that they were kids mm-hmm. um and sort of and we got to see them I guess grow as well right so yeah. if they went through an awkward stage it sort mm-hmm. of like made it all the more yeah real. they had like bad skin and they yeah. like had weird glasses and like they kind of didn't find themselves till later and it yeah. was so I think now it's a little bit better but at that point in the game, like that was mm-hmm. so great. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, what was I going to ask you? Um, do you think, I know that TV is subsidized by the government in Canada mm-hmm. and here it is obviously not. <laughs> um, but are there any other differences that you can think of? Yeah, it's, there's, it's really tricky. It's like 
growing up next to the next to the biggest TV producer in the world, it's mm-hmm. it can feel a little bit like how are we going to make something that looks like the way a U.S. show mm-hmm. looks? And I can't mm-hmm. figure out, I still haven't figured out why people can tell when a show is Canadian. <laughs> I don't know what it is because like, you know, those gaps have closed in technology. Mm-hmm. But so it's interesting because you might pitch something that would fly in the U.S., but in Canada, sometimes it's budgetary. We're just like, we're never going to be able to make something that looks like that. Or it's almost like, if you can turn the channel and watch the glossier U.S. version, mm-hmm. it's really hard to keep eyes on the channel showing the Canadian show. So they've, yeah. I think they've come a long way, especially in like the drama realm where some of our dramas like come here and now there's Netflix and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But a lot of it is, you're, it's like you're not gonna be able to make the glossy show. So can you make the distinctly Canadian mm-hmm. show, yeah, the thing that makes will make people watch whereas i feel like even australia with the separation of they have their own unique kind of television Mm -hmm. i think canada it's really interesting to be physically attached to the biggest television producer in the world and try to keep that going and be like okay what's distinctly canadian Mm -hmm. and then trying to keep eyeballs on that Mm -hmm. is really challenging i think but we in canada like i came up on working on kids tv shows we do a lot of that because they have a similar we can emulate that look Mm -hmm. but some of the glossier like we just i don't know we don't have the funds or i don't know what it is Mm -hmm. and i I will say they also have closed that gap since but there it's it is really tricky there because you're like well we'll make something really good but will people watch it will people turn away from the the bigger show um with the more marketing and and, and tune into our show gigantic budget yeah so it's it's not i mean sometimes it can feel defeatist but then sometimes people really rise to the occasion and Mm -hmm. but it is tricky yeah Yeah, (laughs) i can't think of another place i mean i don't know of another place because we're trying to have our own kind of canadian television but we are right next to like it's it's hard to be noticed. Yeah, it's like trying to be a model and your your sister is Cindy Crawford. Basically, or exactly. Yeah, like, but this is still good. But yeah. but Canada is still a beautiful, beautiful model. Yeah. But yeah. Cindy Crawford, Cindy Crawford. Yeah. Wow. And yeah. the answer is to like do your own thing. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Be the Solange. Be the Solange. Be the Solange you want to see in the world. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I have that tattooed on my body. <laughs> I'm going to get it. Mm-hmm. Um, so what's next for you, Vera? Yeah. Um, I just finished writing a pilot for CBS. I did it with like Warner Brothers and um, Brownstone, which is Elizabeth Banks's company. And that was a really good ex- experience. It was really um, like my first time pitching and selling. Mm-hmm. And cool. it was really fun. It was super intense. It's, it's very interesting because, you know, you write pilots along the way, but when you're, for some reason, you're just like, whoa, everything this person says has to tell you who they are and it hasn't been set up for you. This might sound really basic, but it was like, that's really challenging. There's nothing superfluous in a pilot Mm -hmm. and all of that balancing while making it funny. I was like, this is, was, it was very challenging. So my hope is to continue to develop because I, I really liked doing that. This was, I adapted a a project from Spain. So that was also interesting. I had some material, then I added like elements from my family to it, but yeah, my hope is like to continue to develop and I'd love to, I do love working on staffs. Like they're very, it's really fun, that family environment. Mm-hmm. It's a really nice feeling when you're collaborating and 
like at the end when you've broken an episode and everything seems to hold together, it mm-hmm. is a really bonding experience. So I'd love to find a balance between like that, like kind of do both, mm-hmm. but developing shows and trying that again, I think is what's next for me. Yeah. It's kind of nice cool. to have the balance of, because writing can be so isolating. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, and then like, like you said before, like being in a room can also be draining. So you really want that balance. Just even do like some, when you're in a room, it's so full on. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes you just need like a second to do like boring life stuff, Definitely. like um, assign a beneficiary through your PWG, like all <laughs> yeah. those random forms you get, you're just like, why not? I'll just do it later. Yeah, yeah totally. Like mountains of mail. Yeah. <laughs> you're just like, yes. Yeah. So yeah. that's what I'm hoping for. We'll see. Awesome. Very yeah. cool. Um, if you could give advice, I think I said give advice as it was one word. If you give could advice. Give, give advice. If you could give advice to a young girl um, in any vocation or with any ambitions or just general life advice, what would it be? I think what I've learned is the key really is, and it's not a platitude, it is persistence. Like you'll be in a room and the people around you are the ones who failed and then got up again. Mm -hmm. And the thing that I do is, yeah, there have been things that haven't gone the way I wanted, but instead of giving up, which, which would have been easier, I was just like, you know what? Just dust it off and try to keep going. And the industry will sometimes it it met me at that and been like, okay, here's another opportunity. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes if you keep persisting and it's not happening, maybe you're getting like different information. But I feel like the difference isn't always talent or connections. It is there is like um, it's okay to fail. You will. Everyone will. Um, but just be that like clown that you punch in the face that just sorts of gets back <laughs> up because I feel like everyone in the room were just like, yeah, they just kept going. That's the key. They ran to the end of the marathon. They didn't bail on it. Um, and they, you know, they made adjustments along the way. You have to read the room, get the information of like how you're doing and how you're being perceived and what you can do to improve and then keep going. Cause I mean, for me, yeah, I wouldn't say I'm the most confident person in the world, but I think the only place I've got somewhere is just, okay, well, I'll just keep going and just see. Mm-hmm. Um, and that would really be my advice. And I, I hope it's not too simplistic, but every time you're just like, oh yeah, that didn't go, that, that sucked. And the other option, one option is to quit and you're mm-hmm. just like, you can do something else. Or you're just like, let me try again, try a different avenue, try a different right. way, write something new. Um, and I think that's the only reason I'm still like going after all these years. Yeah. That's great. But, no, that's really good. I feel yeah. like whenever I ask that question, like people give us such great answers, like really inspiring. Like oh, even good. Me, I'm like, yeah, I gotta go. <laughs> Let's do it. I hope it gets not too like travel muggy, but like, no, like, no. but I really, I was just like, yeah, that's the only difference between me and any, and anyone else. Mostly, you know, I, I do some other things well, which I think is like, yeah, I do. I'm very intuitive. Like I can read a room and see how I listen to other people really mm-hmm. well. Um, so some of those things have also helped me. But when it comes to setbacks, the key is to like kind of take the information you got and keep going. Not always in the exact same direction. Mm-hmm. Um, make an adjustment to yourself mm-hmm. or the things you're going for, but keep going. Um, because I mean, that is a sometimes I've been in rooms where you're just like, how did that guy get here? It's just like, oh, he just thought he, just he could going, yeah. and kept going. So you're just like, OK, I can do that, too. And I 
I hope women would keep doing that too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think we're socialized to not feel that way as much. Whereas yeah. guys are like, I am entitled to this. I yeah. will take it. Yeah, yeah. I often think of like, what would a male do in this situation? Mm-hmm. Because yeah, I'm very much sort of a socialized in a very traditionally female way Mm -hmm. and sometimes when I come to a crossroads I'm like well what would a guy say and it's like mostly like a guy wouldn't care and he would keep going yeah um he would make sure his thing his voice was heard he would repitch that idea Mm -hmm. like he would say maybe three times maybe three times because he thinks it's a good idea Mm -hmm. so some of those cues um and they and some there are lots of things I learned from men as well where it's just like don't take it personally yeah (laughs) um and maybe you don't have to get overly personally involved. Like I often, if there's a situ- an interpersonal situation, I want to be a peacemaker. Sometimes it's like, that's not your problem, mm-hmm. you know? So it's like those little things, it goes both ways, but I'm often like, hey, well, what would a guy do in this situation? Um, mm-hmm. And that doesn't mean I act like a male. I'm very much just like, I try to empower all the good things about being like a gentle lady Mm -hmm. but I also you know I try to be as strong and firm and and not be taken advantage of either Mm -hmm. but that's sort of my approach yeah and I feel like it's a I one of thing one one things one thing that I've been focusing on especially in the last probably six months is stop using very hyper female vocabulary in writing emails because I've noticed that every time I start an email, I start with, I just wanted to know that Aww. kind of thing. And so I'll go back and edit. And it's amazing how long I've been focusing on it, but I still, my knee jerk reaction is to, mm-hmm. to do it in a more like, I don't want to bother yeah. you. Yeah. Sorry, but kind of this. Yeah. 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 So I feel like it's a process and it's probably one that, you know, doesn't end quickly. No. Mm-hmm. It is. It's that claiming your space kind of Mm -hmm. thing of just like, no, you don't have to be um, you don't have to apologize. You can be very clear. And on the other end, when someone receives it, they don't think they don't even know. Like they don't they don't think about it. They don't think about it. But it's not processed in that way. Yeah, I know. I think we there was like something on Facebook that was sort of and I was like, oh, my gosh, I do so many of these things. Um, And yeah, we're in an interesting place where no like women don't have to change to fit into a male ideal. Mm-hmm. Um, and yet we're also been socialized. So we're trying to like, correct. It's a very tricky time it in terms is. of like, cause some people would say, say just who cares. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's interesting. I'm, I'm, I'm with you on that. Yeah. I feel like what it means to be a woman has a lot of different perspectives. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's ever evolving and it's just a matter of like figuring out what works best for you. Yeah. Yeah. So, and it's changing on a dime. It's really interesting because yeah. sometimes I'll be like, well, this is the right feminist way. I was like, yeah. oh, I never thought of that. Right. You know, <laughs> exactly. so you're just like, you're like, keep your vocal fry. No, just yeah, that's it. it. Yeah. Like, yeah. I don't know who to be. I'm I just going <laughs> to I'm just going to continue to try to shave my armpits every three days and every three days do the best <laughs> I can. Yeah, yeah, just that's what I think. It's just like, do the best you can. Try not to be a jerk and mm. try to be strong and, and empowered and and sort of lift up the other people you want to lift up mm-hmm. beyond yeah. that who the fuck knows exactly who knows what's around the corner it's <laughs> got very like fuck man <laughs> gotta be like we should be in a bar we're just all like we got our cigarettes cheers yeah, yeah. <laughs> at the end of the day who the mm-hmm. fuck knows i think exactly. that's, that's i think that's a perfect tagline <laughs> um well thank you so much for sitting thank down you so much thank you for having yeah. me i really really appreciate it oh, yeah. yeah. 
don't know if this is maybe my third podcast I've oh, ever done. Maybe yeah. the it's really you, nice. You I really appreciate it. Out of the park. Yes. Thank you this guys. Is amazing. Yes. Thank, Thank you. you so much. Very thoughtful questions too. Oh, good. Yeah, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> All right.